0: Fucking <laughs> Donald Trump is president of the United States of America. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, I know. I feel like if I don't laugh, I'm gonna cry.
0: Dave. Carl. It's US presidential election two thousand sixteen watch.
1: Yeah, it's the official Code name chicken coverage of the shit show <sighs> that it that is the 2016 presidential election
0: yeah i've used up all my fake hype it's um
1: <laughs> okay so it's ten thirty a.m trump has been got announced president uh, a few hours ago
0: yep i don't know if he's done like the official announcement or whatever but he's won
1: yeah i don't know when he inauguration is i think it's like a Month or two on a new year maybe. I dunno. That's to give like Obama some notice that they're kicking him out. They're I mean packs. he knew he was going. Yeah, but you still got like a range for, you know, packing, logistics and all that stuff. Yeah. Ugh. So <clears throat> wait, let me start with this. Hold on. Oh We got there. There we go. Okay. I said it's ten thirty AM. Good time for a beer. It's uh Brewdog Elvis Juice.
0: Oh, nice. I've got a um, Brewdog Punk IPA in my fridge.
1: Oh, I love the Punk IPA. Um, this is Elvis Juice. I thought it'd be fitting because Elvis is American. Yep. And America happened. And uh, it's grapef- grapefruit infused IPA. Oh. See, see what it's like. Really good. Really good. Cool. My hype levels are getting a bit higher
0: now. I've kind of let myself down. I already opened my beverage. I actually have two beverages. Um, (laughs) So I'm drinking a JD and Coke because, you know, the world ended this morning.
1: Go out in in style, as they say. So
0: that tasted quite nice. Um, And I'm also drinking an... This is a can of Adnams. Adnams? Southwold dry hopped lager, Jack brand apparently. Um, It's really nice. It's uh, it's an Australian pilsner apparently. Four point two percent, you know, nothing crazy, but it tastes really nice. Kind of bitter.
1: This is six point five percent. Tastes very fruity. It doesn't taste too grapefruity. And as you can tell, we're terrible, terrible beer critics.
0: Uh yeah, I, I mean I don't particularly I'm not I'm not one of those, you know, that gets super snobby about beers. Um I just dislike that when you walk into a pub in this country you've got a choice of like Foster's, Carling, Carlsberg, Cronenberg. Like <laughs> places are getting better about, you know, stocking the sort of craft beers and the the small batch beers and stuff so like i said in in the past i love this idea of voting with my wallet and my wallet votes for the craft beers and the small batch beers
1: yeah they taste a lot more interesting tastes different they and...
0: don't taste like piss
1: <clears throat> yeah and uh, don't taste like piss but i tell you what it does taste like piss
0: <laughs> i mean it's gonna be donald trump isn't it something really to do with donald trump, trump.
1: Something's because this is the I, I was hoping I'd know where to take that sentence once I said it, but it's, it's I, can't, I can't think of anything. Here's
0: yeah, um, something. Do you yeah. know who is Jill Stein?
1: Yes, she's one of the third parties that probably got a few percent
0: at best. Oh, 1%. 1%, okay. What about Gary Johnson?
1: Yeah, I know him. Um only because he's a third party. John Oliver done some show about the third parties a week or two ago. Mm.
0: Um, what about this person? Brief- that no one's heard of Hillary Clinton.
2: Who?
0: Yeah, right. I mean, I've never heard this name before.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, whoa! Tried to commit suicide.
0: I mean, I can't blame
1: My it. Was in a- yeah, I can't blame it either. It's uh, trying to vibrate its way off the desk. There we go. Um, the- yeah, no, no one was really talking about Clinton that much. Everyone was talking about Trump, and that's what made me. I knew Trump was going to win.
0: I felt it. We we spoke about two thirty this morning. I think maybe a bit later. Um, and you said, "Call it. Who do you think is going to win?" And we both said Trump. That
1: was like 9 o'clock last night. Oh, like really? 12 hours ago. Jesus. 12 hours ago, yeah. I went to bed like midnight.
0: Fuck. I, I mean, I was working, so I was up all night. Um, the real unsung hero here is my main man, Vermin Supreme.
1: I haven't heard of him until 10 minutes ago when you said,
0: said his name. Duda pulled in 0.7% of the vote, Um, the best I can tell, which is only 0.3% away from Jill... Dual- Jill Stein, who is from a legitimate political party. Um, whereas-
1: he looks like a homeless Gandalf with a Wellington boot on his head.
0: Yeah, and his <laughs> his entire platform was, one, uh, he is going to give every American a free pony. And uh, when asked, wouldn't that drive up taxes? He said, no, because the ponies are free. That's,
1: that's <laughs> logical. Well, of course, yeah.
0: The second part of his platform was that he was going to defeat ISIS by traveling back in time. This is the man you want at the helm of, you know, one of the superpowers of the world. Um, the
1: only problem is if time travel was real, I doubt Donald Trump would be president. This is like that timeline where in Back to the Future 2 where Biff Tannen has the sports almanac and goes back in time and makes himself a billionaire in the future.
0: It doesn't work though, does it? Because you <laughs> just shoot like, say, okay, Vermin Supreme goes back in time to kill Donald Trump. So he doesn't become president. But if he's been killed in the past, then he doesn't run for president. So Vermin Supreme doesn't go back in time to kill him. So he doesn't become president. You know what oh I mean? God. Yeah. Also, yeah. It's a parallel universes thing. It's, um, mm. string theory. That's probably what yeah. that is.
1: Oh, Deep,
0: deep. I know we lauded this as the uh, codename chicken 2016 United States presidential race special. Honestly, it's a little bit depressing and uh, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, we're both British and no basically yeah. fuck all about, about the electoral <laughs> No,
1: I, I know absolutely nothing about Tr- Trump and his policies, Clinton and her policies. I know more about Vermin Supreme and his policies than uh, them two now.
0: I know the whole of Vermin um, Supreme's manifesto. Um, <laughs> I don't know specifically what Clinton was promising. And, you know, regardless, it probably wouldn't have happened anyway. Um, I know some of what Donald Trump was running on, and I know that, for me, they seemed like good things, which is weird because he's been lauded There's this big sort of pantomime villain sort of.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can completely back Trump's plan to put a taco truck on every corner. <laughs> I fucking love taco trucks, and especially because we get really shitty Mexican food here in the UK. I, uh, I love going to America and getting proper proper. I say proper Mexican food, but more proper than what we get over here.
0: But wouldn't that require Mexicans inside the country, which is something that he definitely doesn't want?
1: Hmm. I remember when he tweeted that picture to say the best tacos in New York could be found at Trump Tower. Wow. A restaurant. There's a picture of him eating this taco bowl. You know when they make a bowl out of a taco? And then just fill it with stuff.
0: Is it a taco or is it a Taco.
1: Taco. Taco Bell.
0: Taco Bell. I I don't know. America's weird, yo.
1: Yeah, taco trucks in every corner. I'm looking forward to seeing that in America's future.
0: Not going to happen. He doesn't realise that when you build a wall all the way around Mexico, then Mexicans can't get in. So there's no one to man the taco trucks, unless they're manned by like you know Aryans, um, and then there won't be like legitimate tacos. I don't think. Hmm.
1: Sad state of affairs. But I a see of a lot. Of, I see a lot of parallels of what happened in New- in America with what happened with Brexit over here. There's a very yeah. um, underserved demographic that um, got inspired by uh, a man, uh, be it Nigel Farage or Donald Trump. They just felt empowered to make a change and felt like they could trust a politician for the first time yeah I mean a lot sort of the stuff, and-
0: yeah, for sure um a lot of the stuff he was running on was sort of aimed directly at the underprivileged the uh you know he's he's going on about um reduced taxes uh increased taxes for high earners um but he did put a caveat on that that said uh increased taxes for higher earners, but not so much that they're made to feel uncomfortable or something along those lines, so obviously he doesn't want to super tax himself. <laughs> being a high earner. Um, Yeah, like subsidised, tax subsidised childcare for, you know, underprivileged, the poorer people, um, including sort of like caring for elderly relatives and elderly dependents and whatnot. Um, A lot of sort of nice things like that that appeal to,
1: you know... An underserved demographic.
0: Yeah, which is, to be fair, a fucking huge chunk of the country. Yeah. Of any country. I mean, let's be clear. He is-
1: It's it's nice to see politicians s- start to recognise him, people, but it's the wrong kind of politicians. I think
0: it's the wrong um, kind of politics altogether. The whole
1: yeah, I mean, it's, it's pleading to their ignorance. You know, like yeah, yeah you're in this bad state, you're in this low income state because of immigrants and all this stuff, and um, well, maybe it's actually Brexit- people oh, like that? Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Donald Trump has, like I said, you know, we're against the establishment. You know, we want to tax these businesses. And, you know, Donald Trump is one of them businesses, just like Nigel Farage was one of them bankers who, you know, worked within that high level financial stuff. You know, he's not. they're not men of the people. They're, you know, born into wealth and just trying to market himself as, you know, your average Joe or whatever it is. But the biggest thing that I've got fear of is after brexit we started seeing some hate a lot of hate crimes uh, hate crimes yeah. went up and violent hate crimes and that's bad in our country but then again our country is not a country with guns it's
0: uh, also not a country with 300 million people in it
1: yeah exactly so if you can imagine them kind of hate crimes escalating with guns i don't even want to imagine what could happen in america should that kind of um, them kind of people feeling more empowered to take action upon themselves and yeah mm. no, it's
0: it's hard I mean, to it's, think about it's already happening in germany right um it's some kind of i think it's against spanish people in general um i'm not sure why spanish i didn't really read into it too much it's just you know stuff that's popped up in my google now feed but i keep seeing these articles and articles and articles about um like lawlessness in germany and the sort of race fueled hate crimes and stuff and it's like you're right you're absolutely right if if you know if they had guns there you know if they could walk into a shop and buy a fucking assault rifle the, the the damage on that scale would be insane like and this is another one of the things he was running on like he absolutely wants to protect the citizens rights to bear arms which is i think the second amendment Again, yeah, in case you, One of them, yeah. In case you couldn't tell, we're not American, so. Um,
1: I know. I know the fifth American is the freedom of speech because you can. Is it? Um, well, that was the first. No, that's the first. The fifth one is the one that you plead when you don't want to talk to uh, the police. Yeah, when you
0: don't want your freedom of speech.
1: Yeah, so Yeah, <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> now I want my freedom not to speak. I want my freedom to uh, remain silent until. Uh, I can afford a
0: lawyer he's very adamant about like you know keeping the right for people to be able to walk into a shop and buy a gun um you know and this is this is a a constitution that was written i mean however long ago well, like a hundred more than a hundred years like however long ago a long time ago um the world has changed since then a lot the world is completely different now um maybe you know maybe if everyone didn't have guns Maybe the world would be yeah. a nicer place. But yeah, that's, I don't think that's for us to... Um...
1: But How do you protect yourself from people with guns if you don't have guns?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if, you're, <laughs> if your neighbour's got a gun and you don't have a gun, you're automatically a, like a, a victim. Nothing, nothing will happen to you, but you're, you're already a victim because you don't have a gun. You can't defend your castle.
1: There's so much that's messed up with American politics... Um
0: it's just a shit system oh. it's a fucking shit system let's let's ditch this this is
1: yeah let's let's move on to something less controversial from, uh I don't know if you get less controversial
0: i know uh <laughs> i know i've got something i know you've got something um yeah i'm going to tuck into this JD and coke and why don't you give me your summing something something Sutton, Sutton. okay so um
1: if you was listening last week you'd know i was in ireland in the all conference yeah which is a conference for people who's into the Apple industry to chill out with each other and learn new things. All
0: this Irish for right. Apple.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, that's right. So um, one of the things I'd done was um, played this game called Secret Hitler. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because of how Joseph Goebbels you are.
1: Yeah. So, if you remember again last week, I got uh, uh, an email from a friend who confirmed who, who compared me to Joseph
0: Goebbels. Because you're an ad blocker.
1: Uh, yeah, because I have an ad blocker. And can we, Harry? Um, that makes me a bad person.
0: Can we make this into a fun game? I know what this game is called now, and I yeah. promise my hands are behind my head. They're not googling. I want to guess what this game is.
1: Okay, yeah, so what is Secret Hitler? If I was to say I play Secret Hitler with between five and ten people, it varied as people came in and came out.
0: So, this is a mobile game. Um, does it have. Is it just a GUI or does it have like graphics, characters, and stuff?
1: It's not a mobile game.
0: Oh, really? Is it a card game? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be. I'm still gonna compare it to a video game. It's gonna be somewhere along the lines of Spy Party, which is um a game where you've got like, you know, five to ten people, one person in the group is um in that instance a spy, but I'm guessing in this instance Hitler. And he's you have some sort of mechanic to work out which one is which, maybe question asking, maybe I don't know, am I close?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're pretty close. Cool. So it's a card game. Um, basically, you all close your eyes and put your fists in a circle. <laughs> put your fists, uh, you know, facing towards each other. You're all sat in a circle, and then you've got this. Um, the, you've got this mobile app which um, plays Josh, Josh Whedon, Just Whedon, um, or Just No, not Just Whedon. <laughs> Is it Will Whedon or Josh Whedon? I'm trying to think which
0: one actually done the recording. Joss Whedon made Firefly. Will Wheaton was uh, Wesley Crusher. On
1: yeah. I know who they are, but I can't remember which one done the voiceover. Probably Will Wheaton.
0: One of them's Any- uh, an annoying little fuck, and the other one made a pretty good TV show.
1: <laughs> anyway, it's one of them, one and two. So there's this up voiceover that says, everyone close your eyes and put your hands, in a, uh, hands up in front of you. And then some of you are fascists, and you've got to open your eyes and you can see each other. And then one of you is Hitler. You put your thumb up but keep your eyes closed. So... And the rest of you are liberals. So, um...
0: So the fascists know who Hitler is?
1: The fascists know who each other is, who, who each other are, and who Hitler is. And Hitler knows who no one is. He's got to work out who's on his side. Oh. And the liberals... Everyone's trying to pretend they're a liberal, just so they get unnoticed. And then what you do, you, um... The game goes around clockwise. You have the president goes. Uh, basically, you've got you got someone's a president, and that president marker goes around clockwise. And then the president elects his chancellor. So ideally, if you're a fascist, you'll want to elect another fascist as your chancellor. Yeah. Or if you're a liberal, you want to have a liberal as your chancellor. And um, how the game works: you draw three cards, and they're policy cards. Um, and there's a mixture of liberal or fascist. Cards and the game is to put five cards down. Um, Whoever gets five cards first, liberals or fascists, win the game. Um, And what the president does, he draws three cards, burns one card, gives two to his chancellor, and it's his chancellor's job to enact that policy, enact one of them policies from the cards. And then basically you take a turn, and then for example, you could give your chancellor a liberal card and a fascist card, and then he's it's up to him to make a choice whether to play the fascist card or play the liberal card. um If you know he's a fascist and he knows you're a fascist, you'll play the fascist card, and it's um basically you have a round and you talk about it and you talk about the choices made, mm. and you try to dig a bit deeper and there's, there's always little other game mechanics in it which make it a bit deeper, but it's a great, fun, super fun game, and it's um I think it's made by the people who made cards against humanity. Um, okay. We actually played with one of the employees of Cars Against Humanity, um, Alex Cox, and she's also um, playtested to Secret Hitler, so she was talking a lot about uh, the playtesting while we were playing it, and that was such a cool experience, and I'm definitely sold on buying it once it's available. Um, it's available for free. Yeah, I'm just looking um, at the website. Um, it's Yeah, you can you can download it for free and print it yourself, um, but I've got to wait for the proper printed version to become purchasable because i suck at printing
0: i mean it says fall 2016 um i mean that would be now but i mean i guess that would be soon
1: yeah the, the fulfilled to the kickstarters within the past few months so it was a kickstarter game yeah um, and it's a lot of fun it's so much fun
0: um so on the website i love this artwork it's lovely
1: yeah it's really like um soviet style like it's like a um,
0: propaganda poster.
1: propaganda like papers please that oh yeah that game it's got that kind of yeah Art style. it's so cool it's just um my first game i was hitler <laughs> cool and i was just yeah and that, that was um that was quite fun because i said like keep it secret i'm i wasn't Hitler but then again i don't know it's my first game playing and i'm a bit rusty and...
0: yeah i mean I'll, I'll pick that up it looks like a pretty sweet game um definitely i i could i would love this uh, we're going to we'll link we'll link to this in the show notes um so you know go have a look at this website cuz i would this piece of artwork where it just says like secret hitler and it's trailed upwards to like a a lizard man in a sort of a general's cap i would love that as a print on my wall that looks great <laughs> i don't know if they'll let me but if they will love to and even it's just
1: quite. I was going to say it's quite funny um, the person who owned the game that we played with hmm. he's got a Trump card which instead of a Hitler card uh, it's, it's Trump a, it's Donald Trump and I want to know where he's got that because um, basically you get a little, little, you, get a little uh, you get a little envelope everyone gets an envelope and it says in there whether you're a liberal fascist yeah, and if you're Hitler or not so um, it looks like you can play as Trump as
0: it's well it's probably one of those uh, Kickstarter bonuses Probably like my um my housemate buys or not buys he he backs a lot of card games on Kickstarter because he's a big sort of card game nerd, um and again that's not like a hate speech he's you know he's I'm a nerd Dean's a nerd we're all nerds, uh yeah and I, something I noticed about that is that he always gets there's like uh, stretch goals mm-hmm. for like special extra card packs and stuff like you'll get a, a pack of all hollow cards or. Uh, like some mini expansions or something. So, I mean, the Trump card, I, I guess, would have come from something like that. Uh, maybe there was a Trump and a a Putin or you know, Karl Marx or something stupid like that. I don't know. But it, it's just, this game sounds red. Um, I'd love to get a hold of it actually.
1: So much fun! Next time I'm around in London, we'll have to get a group, a few beers.
0: Yeah, I mean, we normally just go and get ramen, but I'm sure we could play this in the. Well, yeah we could play this in shoyu I'm sure they'd be probably fine. they love me now I'm there so much I've got the um, membership card and everything I love
1: I love that ramen place in London shoyu ramen
0: I haven't had better ramen but then you've been to Japan so you probably have
1: that's the best ramen I've had in England uh, outside of Japan rather
0: cool They uh, they have chains so maybe we'll go to a different one this time or next time
1: mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Um,
0: okay. So I went to a friend's house recently. Um, good friend, loved the guy. Uh, he pointed out to me, um, that I maybe have a tendency to sort of, uh, sort of have a downer on new things, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: You're normally very skeptical and cynical of, uh,
0: yeah, new stuff. Um, The example he gave me, like within my group of friends, famously, I was not interested in Red Dead at launch um, because I just don't like cowboys. (laughs) Legitimately, I don't like cowboys. There's two Western movies that I like and add Red Dead Redemption to that list. That's all three sources of my cowboy media for life. I just don't like cowboys. Uh, But then, you know, I played Red Dead at a later date and it was a fantastic game, you know. It's Rockstar, what do you expect? Um, and also, this sort of manifested recently when Overwatch came out, which is essentially a carbon copy clone of my favorite game, Team Fortress Two. Well, I mean that's kind of reductive. It's a bit more than that, you know. It's a Blizzard game. It's what they do. They they take you know genres and expand on them in their own way. Um, so this got me thinking. I kind of want to, you know broaden my horizons as it were um tv movies games board games maybe whatever um so in that spirit i know for the last three episodes i've been saying uh you know fuck mobile games because they're the worst <laughs> so i went out this week and i went and got a bunch of mobile games okay wow um so one of these I've played before, Monument Valley.
1: Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I remember.
0: Yeah, I, did, I don't think I finished it first time round, but And it's really old now. But this is a cracking little game. I love it. The, the art style, <laughs> the sound. The it whole is. It's night. just
1: so well polished uh, and everything. It's just yeah. such a nice, pleasurable game. It just fills you mm. with joy.
0: But then this is something I've played before, so I don't think that really counts. Um, so then I went and got this game. I went, uh, I, I did a Google search for uh, best free Android game, because I'm not willing to pay. Uh, <laughs> best free Android games 2016. Um, so that brought me to a game called Crossy Road.
1: Okay, yeah. Which
0: is essentially Frogger, uh, yeah. but with we a chicken. Eh, that was a bit of fun. I don't think it's going to be a, a pooping game contender. Uh, but then I landed on fucking gold dust I found this game <laughs> that I love it's called Fast Like a Fox have you seen this? no I haven't so I haven't. this game is kind of like an endless runner um, except it doesn't endlessly run you uh, you play as a cute little sort of almost like paper craft fox like that's that sort of material design style you know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. looks like a folded paper fox, and um, the only sort of agency you have over it is you can make it run and you can make it jump. Uh, and the way you make it run is that you tap the back of your phone. I don't know if that's going to come out like, like you know, sort of all okay. your fingers. The actual. Through. Yeah, there's no. The touch. The touchpad. No, there's no sensor there. Um, I think it's just the you know movement sensors inside the phone. Okay um huh. and so you tap and the faster you tap the faster the little fox runs and you jump and collect coins and that's the whole deal
1: i can see the trailer on youtube that's weird run by tapping the back of your device that's so weird i didn't know you, that was possible to do
0: i mean it is just jogging the phone isn't it so it's the same as um i i would assume it maybe doesn't work with all phones but i know my phone has these gestures so that if i like shake it twice the camera comes up or if I do I a swivel, see. the selfie camera comes and stuff like that. So I think it has to have a certain type of sensor for this to work. Probably
1: be detecting the accelerometer mm. stuff. Yeah, it's, um, it's like a that's pretty game. cool the input. Yeah, it's a pretty cool input method. Hmm.
0: Um. So yeah, and I think you know I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna keep up this trend of trying to say yes to things like thing Is I know he's going to listen to this and he's probably sitting there thinking, What a cunt! <laughs> but like,
1: <laughs> I have, I don't think anyone can think that of someone else on a, a day like no, today. Nah, no, no. <laughs> the thing is, the see, the,
0: the thing, the main thing he brought up with this was Overwatch, right? And I see Overwatch and I, I see that it is a very good game. Yeah, I played the beta, it's a, a well crafted game. It works, you know. It's polished. It's shiny. Uh, it, it, it does that Blizzard thing. It changes the formula up enough to be their own thing. Um, but here's the deal: in in the two day beta of Overwatch, I got so fucking angry with that game. Compared to the now over a thousand hours that I've put into Team Fortress Two on this account, let alone my other account, um, where I, the game just doesn't make me angry. And, like, I don't want video games to make me angry. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm doing yeah. it to relax or to, you know, blow off steam. I don't want to get angry.
1: I discovered that a long time ago. That's where I swear. pretty much um, cut frustrating games out of my cycle. Um, like what? Um, I don't have as much time as I used to dedicate to games. And mm. that means when I play online games... I'm typically not that good um, as people who play it regularly. So that's why I like Battlefield at the moment, because unlike Call of Duty, you're pretty much working in a team and you can be more supportive and have Mm. a more relevant role rather than being at the bottom of some leaderboard and not (laughs) feeling like you've contributed at all and in fact hindered your team by being a bullet sponge. (laughs) Dude, you
0: haven't even (laughs) prestiged.
1: I haven't. I haven't. I've, I've never prestiged. Yeah, but because I normally get bored of Call of Duty before long before I hit the prestige level.
0: That's it. <laughs> um so I think uh, you know and Tom, I know you're listening to this, you big goober. Yeah. Uh I think I might get Overwatch. Mm. <sighs> and here's the thing, like I haven't felt uh, I mean it did make me angry but I also enjoyed the game greatly I feel there's things I definitely don't like about it but that's just me comparing it to Team Fortress like I dislike that you pick a class and that class is essentially going to stay the same forever like it'll be a guy with a machine gun and a grenade and he's always going to have a machine gun and a grenade whereas in Team Fortress I can pick Demo Man, and you know Change my grenade launcher to be a sword, or change my grenade launcher to be like a, a cannon, or you know, and the, and the place that changes on the fly, like that. Um, but then there are more classes.
1: Well, Team Fortress 2 didn't start off like that, so is it because Overwatch is very early in its life cycle to? have these changes I think that would require a lot of
0: rebalancing so there's 21 cl- or 22 now because that ARG finish and there's a new character now um so 22 classes if you look at the way team fortress is set up there's at least sort of free free discrete loadouts or three discrete primary weapons shall we say for each class that um and I and I mean there's more than that, but these are the ones that like specifically change playstyle. So, so like melee, short, and long range. Kind of like say for soldier, you've got your stock rocket launcher. It's you know it's pretty good. It hits things, does damage. It hits the floor mm-hmm. it does splash damage. No frills. And then you've got uh, the thing called the direct hit. It does fuck all damage on splash, but it does insane amounts of damage when you directly hit something with it. Or you have the airstrike, which does literally no damage if you're standing on the ground but if you're up in the sky say from a rocket jump or whatever it does crazy damage and fires really quickly like these are different ways of playing the class that that sort of stem from just changing the weapon and you kind of don't get that with overwatch i think with 22 classes if you had that amount of you know change like that amount of Weapons say to change between the classes, the balancing would just be fucking impossible. Yeah, <laughs> it would, it would just be fucking impossible.
1: Yeah, well, not every game has to be Team Fortress 2, then. I mean, this game's doing something slightly different, but it is it's obviously
0: Blizzard's take on Team Fortress 2, that's the thing. Like, it is,
1: yeah, oh, it is. It's, um, it can't be Team Fortress 2, so it has to be something just different enough to warrant. No, not being copying, essentially. But
0: here's the thing: it is and will be more successful than Team Fortress Two. I mean, I I don't have any qualms about that. The the TF Two players isn't going to go anywhere anytime soon. But Overwatch already dwarfs it. You know, probably on a scale like three to one.
1: I didn't know that. Um, But then again, with Blizzard, they're super shit hot about balancing and updates and community support. So
0: yeah they really are
1: it's it's gonna be a great game regardless it is a great game regardless yeah i mean i
0: you know it's
1: just a a game in a similar genre it's um yeah it does
0: does a lot of things that i really like like you know it's coming from a lot of time in team fortress it's familiar enough to me that i jumped into it the game modes were no surprise i knew exactly what i was doing um I had some idea of how to play the classes before I even played them, just from how similar they are to Team Fortress classes. So you have the guy Junkrat. He's essentially a demo man. Uh, you have Farrah uh, is essentially the soldier, except like there's no skill in rocket jumping. You just, you just press a button and jump. Um, so it does a lot of things that I love, but it just made me angry. <laughs> it just, you know, just... I can lose in Team Fortress and be like, oh, fuck, whatever. I'm not that fast. To lose in Overwatch just for some reason makes me fucking just super angry. I don't know why.
1: Hmm. And I thought I was doing really well when I first played Overwatch because I was playing the beta. Yeah. I thought I was doing really well because I was like stomping all over the other team. I was like, yeah, this is the best. And then I realised that it it was like some dummy game with the AI. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't actually online.
0: Oh, Dean.
1: I was like what the hell? Yeah, um, so they gave me like a big burst in like online confidence. Like, yeah, I've got my FPS skills back. And it's like, no, I haven't. I really
0: haven't. How's your KDR, bro? Yeah,
1: my well, KDR was start like, rocket. Like, I was like making kills and standing alive. Yeah.
0: Speaking of KDR, um, after we talked about it, I think last week, I am one hundred percent reinstalling uh, Unreal Tournament. Oh, okay. I just, I just have that itch for like fast-paced,
2: sort of skill-based shooting.
1: Hmm. I've taken a break from Metal Gear Solid V. I'm thinking of
0: starting it back up again. I'm sure I saw you playing it yesterday.
1: Yeah, I did. I, I had a like little five minutes, just taking over a few bases, doing a few side missions. Yeah. Nothing exciting. But I really want to get the story missions out of the way, just so... I can be depressed knowing that there's going to be no more.
0: The problem is that they're so few and far between. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like They're so interspersed with all these pointless side quests. And it's actually quite good that we've come back to Metal Gear because I got a bit of criticism from someone I know who listened. Okay. Based on what I said in episode one. Um, to be clear, I think Metal Gear Solid V is an excellent video game. Um, it's certainly better than a lot of video games that came out uh, last year now, wasn't it? Or beginning of this year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last year. I think. It's very high caliber of video game. When it's good, it's incredible. When it's bad, it's really bad. Like, I love Metal Gear to bits and I won't lump this with uh, Rising and Acid. Like, I won't lump it in there, but I will lump it in with, say, Peace Walker, which was, you know, a sort of weird kind of third-party-esque experience on a different platform. Like, it wasn't Metal Gear in its...
1: Raw sense. It wasn't know. like a, a a more linear story that, you've fallen, that you're going through. It's got all these side diversions, which
0: yeah for sure it's it's um and obviously i think this is going back to that thing where i just say no to new things um like obviously i can't expect one thing to be the same forever as much as i'd like to play snake eater over and over again for the rest of the time um but while i think it's important that that, uh ip gets sort of you know refreshed and improved upon and better over iterations um I think there's ways to take it too far. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there because someone moaned at me about Metal Gear 5.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I completely agree. uh, I've probably said it a few times before, but I love the old Metal Gear Solid games, you know, Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, and 4. Um, But 5, it seems that open world has just done it a disservice because the best thing I like is just, Especially in the first one that absolutely blew my mind. My mind playing that game. Yeah. It, um, you know, you're just going through space and you get like further through every time. But on number five, all these missions are taking place in the exact same location that I've been exploring for the past twenty hours. That's it. There's nowhere new that it's taking me. It's just this big open world that I've seen the majority of, if not all of, by now.
0: A large percentage of the time too, when you get when when you finally get drip-fed that bit of story in Metal Gear Solid Five, ninety 90% of the time it's at Mother Base. 5% of the time it's a cutscene somewhere. that goes In
1: some on. building that's normally you can't enter.
0: Yeah, I mean, Metal Gear has always been kind of really heavy, like cutscene heavy. Uh, 4 took it to New Extremes, where it was essentially like five movies with a bit of game in between each one. But then it was also as a package, you know, a pretty good game. Five, I feel like uh there just isn't enough story. And when there is, it's not particularly engaging. And I don't I'm not gonna ruin it for you, but the ending is fucking bullshit. I've heard. I've it's heard. Absolutely disgusting bullshit trash. And like <sighs>
1: Yeah, I prefer *Milk Gear* solids to be a more linear experience, just progressing through the story arc and discovering new places as you go along. It, and yeah. not yeah, not like *Metal Gear 4* blew my mind when you was uh, going to all these different locations. You start off in this like desert country, and you go to like London, I think, and or Paris. I can't remember one of the two.
0: Eastern Europe was the only thing. Eastern
1: that Europe. Enjoyed it's yeah it's it's europe uh, yeah so it's just all these different locations and it's just very cinematic because and unique like it just felt like you go for his unique settings and here it's just like you're in the desert or the jungle
0: yeah. yeah and like let's yeah let's be clear the story in each iteration has been batshit insane uh oh completely <laughs> but i love it i love the metal gear story so much i'm anyone that knows me knows that i fucking love metal gear solid like it's it's to my very fucking core i love metal gear solid i love the story i love how insane it is the gameplay has always been you know each version had a nice little new chunk of uh mechanics that were nice and then you get to five and you get the new mechanics you don't get the kind of story innovation that you got with each iteration before and even, even Peace Walker, which is, you know, essentially the prequel to Metal Gear 5, had more story. Um, and the story was... Eh, it was okay. It was better than Metal Gear Five story. That's for fucking shit.
1: Yeah. One, one bit that just um, boiled my piss was... <laughs> Not even grinding my gears, it boiled my piss. It was I'm just um...
0: cut that out of the audio and have it as my text message tone. <laughs>
1: So they got rid of David Hayter um yeah. as the voice of Snake which is fine and they got um Sutherland. Jack Bauer yeah to keep Jack Bauer who I really like as an actor and I could see it working because he's like a slightly different character and I can not understand that but they didn't use him at all his basic voice his voice is just used for grunts and and just like, okay, I'll um, do that. I'll go here. Like he had very little of a voice role so far. I'm, I'm halfway to the game. So maybe he starts talking soon. That but...
0: toys, uh, that ties into my problems with the story. I'm not going to say anything beyond that.
1: Okay. But um, it just seems like for me so far, I'm halfway through, maybe towards a two thirds of the way through. It's, Snake doesn't really talk much. He's a very one-dimensional character. It's just everyone's talking to him and he's agreeing or disagreeing. He's not... There's no conversation with Jack Bowen. There used to be them, in the first book inside them like radio transactions between, you know, you and all different people. Yeah. You don't get that anymore. Um, you just have Snake just listen to agree and go, huh. Huh.
2: Mmm, <laughs>
1: tasty. Exactly, yeah. It's just you've... Sacked off David Hayter, who's like a very you know, I'd say low tier voice actor compared to Keith Sutherland in terms of, you know, budget costs. You've got this like, you know, yeah big actory name person to sort of the voice, and then you've just not used him at all. You've just underutilized him. You've just got him to grunt in a in a in a microphone for like a few hours.
0: Weirdly enough, um Let me do a Google on this. <laughs>
1: And the biggest thing about the dialogue that bugs me is the Snake normally just repeats what the p- other person said to him. Like someone goes, oh, there's a, there's a nuclear Metal Gear. goes, a nuclear Metal Gear? Yeah, I
0: don't want to ruin this for you, but that's oh. going to come into play. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I started dropping hints about nuclear stuff in the story. So,
0: that's... so oddly enough, uh, you finished Metal Gear Solid 4, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so big boss in Metal Gear Solid 4 isn't David Hayter.
1: Okay, the um the really old guy.
0: Yeah, when he turns up at the end and uh, stops. Spoilers for a seven year old game, people. Uh, <laughs> when he stops old Snake from killing himself. Um yeah. And here's the thing about that. Uh, so, fuck Ground Zeroes. Um, you've gotten to the point in 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 uh, Metal Gear Five. I'm going to try and be as vague as possible, where you meet the girl in the medical bay. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So you know she's still alive.
1: Yep, she's still alive. She didn't blow up at the end. Yeah, so, like, so
0: at pretty the pretty cool. end of Ground Zeroes, again, spoilers, if you haven't played it, probably not the podcast for you. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so at the end of uh, Ground Zeroes, Snake... Master Miller. I, I I refuse to call him anything else. He's Master Miller. Um, <laughs> and... Whatever her fucking name is. Who, oh, Paz. Snake, Master Miller and Paz are in a helicopter. Helicopter gets blown the fuck up. Game ends. But... So I'm sitting there going... Yeah, but he turns up at the end of Metal Gear 4, so he's not dead. Like, he can't be because he turns up in the next game. Um... And you know, five happens, and you know that shit didn't happen anyway. Or look, like, it was all different. Or ah, oh, fuck knows. Who cares? The story in Metal Gear Five is trash.
1: Yeah, the the story is just so. It seems quite straight. Normally, Metal Gear Solid games it's straightforward for the first half, two thirds, and then it just goes absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah, towards the end.
0: So if we look at like Metal Gear Four, it's oh, okay, you're in. I think it's supposed to be Afghanistan or whatever, but it just says Middle East. Um, you know, sneak through some shit and, and go whatever. And then you get to a bit where you see, uh, essentially, the uh, Foxhound. No, yeah, Foxhound unit from Metal Gear One, but they're kind of like robotic and and weird. And you're like, oh, yeah, ah oh, yeah, this is Metal Gear. <laughs> the shit's going crazy. There's a fucking wolf robot, and there's a a floating. 4 psychic man cool <laughs> this is where shit kicks off and while it may have not been you know great gameplay wise there, was, there wasn't really anything new in Metal Gear 4 gameplay wise but at least story wise it was you know sort of good
1: yeah yeah definitely um, out of all the games I'd probably say Metal Gear Solid 3 Snager. was my best but for the first time playing Number two was my favourite because I oh. was very late to it. I only played it when the HD re-release happened because I completely missed out on the PS2 era.
0: So you missed out on the uh, the Switcheroo.
1: Yeah, that completely blew my mind. Um, I wasn't somehow, I went like 10 years, not being spoiled by that. Wow. But Raiden exists. Yeah, I know. And
0: um, I'm glad that you say Raiden because every other bastard says Raiden and I hate it. Raiden. <laughs> Raiden. Raiden. Yeah, I like him the... uh yeah. Go on.
1: No, I was just gonna say it just completely blew my mind. And then you just played the whole game as as Raiden after the, the intro cutscene, after the intro prelogue where you play as Snake, and mm. it had all these like throwbacks to Metal Gear Solid One, where like, and then at the end it like references that where it's like, yeah, we're trying to recreate um, what happened in um, Alaska for Raiden to turn him into yeah what Snake had become and. Uh, it's, it turns out all of them, all of them coincidences, which you've, I possibly thought that's kind of lazy, they're kind of reusing what they've done, but there was a whole reason behind it, and then that just explains, like, oh, and that just like blew my mind at the time, and then the ending of Metal Gear Solid Two as well is probably more relevant today than ever before.
0: Oh. <laughs> you know, fighting the Backward, backward, back
1: back yeah back when it first came out, that was like science fiction, like, you know, stuff like, oh yeah, this is like a dystopian future, you know, this is what could happen. Yeah, That is kind of real today, all this government surveillance and monitoring and AI and, yeah, it's crazy.
0: For sure. That is one of the best boss fights in the whole series and to be clear, this is a series that has excellent boss fights from front to back Um, but fighting the President of the United States with a I believe they called it a prog blade. <laughs> was it? It was like a vibrating sword, wasn't it?
1: A fu- yeah, that's the one. Yeah.
0: Like a sonic sword or something. I can't remember what that was called, but yeah, like on a, on a roof after a, a giant oil tanker has just crashed into New York. Like that was some cool shit.
1: <laughs>
0: um, and then you get like, you know, Sir from, uh...
1: <laughs> I love that word. I love that word.
0: I'm actually going to get a model kit of that. I think. Um, but Metal Gear Rex first because you know Rex, Rex for life. There you go, Rex or Rey? Oh, I have to be Rex. I'm, yeah.
1: I, I just love that moment in the climax of Metal Gear Solid One where uh, mm. he just crushes Cyborg Ninja.
0: When you buy the uh, uh, a model kit for Metal Gear Rex, it's made by a company called Kotobukiya. Um, it comes with a tiny little. Cyborg ninja, Grey Fox. Um but the bottom half of him is flat so that it fits underneath <laughs> Rex's foot. <laughs> and it also comes with a couple of tiny little solid snakes in like different poses. Um there's one actually in like the sort of prone sniper pose, which is like a little throwback to the sort of cheesy way to kill or cheesy way to fight Rex back in the day. But let's not huh. let's not talk about hacks. <laughs> No, no, we don't do that
1: kind of stuff. No. So I've got a new pooping game this week.
0: Oh, I didn't make a, a thing. I'm going to make a, a a jingle. I'll do that for next week.
1: <laughs> okay, so I started playing... Actually, did you know that Peter Molyneux has got a new game out?
0: What, Newer Than Goddess?
1: Yeah, it's called The Trail.
0: Okay, while you're talking about it, I'm going to look at it. You know this, right? <clears throat>
1: yeah go for it the graphic style is really cool it's made by 22 cans it's a mobile game it's freemium and i played the first five minutes and it's just incredibly boring (laughs) i don't quite understand what you gotta do you just gotta kind of like watch your character walk and then tap on these mushroom things to pick them up and then i think you can use them to trade with other people on this big trail that you're walking on um graphically it looks beautiful gameplay wise it's pretty shit so i stopped playing so um i've been playing this game called neko san
0: so i know that neko is cat
1: yes yes, yeah, so it's this um mr cat
0: that's why
1: <laughs> yeah so san is like the prefix for mister so mr cat um it's this mobile platformer and it's really cool hmm. because it's just um you tap once, and the cat starts moving, and it starts moving until it hits the wall, and you tap again to jump. And it's just like a puzzle platformer where it's just one tap to do anything. And I've been playing that a hell of a lot while pooping. Oh, yeah. And then you can like do wall jumps, and then there's like mice you can jump on their heads. Um, yeah, it's just very easy.
2: Oh, this game is from tap. a French developer.
0: It means it's impossible for me to read anything about it because it's all in French.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and apart from that, it's just got a really nice art style.
0: But, um, yeah, Mm. Neko Sen. Quick PSA from us here at Codename Chicken do not go to Google and image search Neko Sen. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, don't do that. It's half-naked anime cat girls. Not into it. (sighs) Oh, dear. That's ruined my day. Of all the things that happened today, that's what's ruined my day.
1: So I would say Google Neko-san, but apparently don't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you Google it, you're just going to get a bunch of French. And if you go to image search, you're going to get a bunch of sort of rapey vibes.
1: Okay okay. Um best thing to do is go to the show notes of Codename Chicken, which is at Codename dot church slash four. And that will give you all the games that we've talked about today. Very much so. And also the beer that I had, which I highly recommend. It's the first time I've had this uh, Elvis juice by Brewdog.
0: Yeah. Oh, you went and got some of the um piston head that I was drinking last time, right?
1: I did. I had a Piston head the other night mm. and my wife gave it a glowing review saying, hmm, this is drinkable. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I like it. It's quite a very easy lager to drink and tastes a lot better than, uh, like you say, like the the junk you get from the mainstream Carling slash Foster's slash
0: stuff. Nasty piss water. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Slightly more tolerable piss water.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I like it um i like uh, I, I like small can lager these days like it doesn't you don't always have to you know i think it's something i learned after i stopped being a teenager some years ago that drinking isn't just for getting drunk like beers can be really nice and i really like the taste of a lot of beers and it's a nice thing to have say with dinner or with a movie or on Monday morning when I watch my TV shows, when I watch my stories. Yeah. This is why I like to go out and get tons of different types of beer. Um Yeah. Although, yeah, if you can't find Pistonhead in, in your local shop, they do sell it on, the, on their website. I wouldn't recommend it though, because it's like, I think 45 pounds for a 24 pack.
1: Yeah. The problem with craft beer is it's just so expensive to get delivered to you.
0: Yeah.
1: Unless you... Because uh, obviously distribution sucks for big heavy cans or big heavy bottles, but um, yeah, Brewdog Elvis Juice I highly recommend, and Piston Head as well.
0: Yeah. Good. I'm going to get some of those.
1: I've got some really <clears throat> what I think might be terrible beers next week, but that'll be a that'll be a surprise.
0: Okay. Um, I'm actually working at the moment on trying to get hold of some of my favourite favourite beer. Um, it is very expensive. But hopefully I'll have that for a sort of a show coming up.
1: Is it the beer I think it is?
0: Um you think it's Hitachino Nest beer. Yeah. That's not my favourite, that's my second favourite. Okay. My favourite is a beer called Rochefort Ten. Uh it's made by monks in Belgium.
1: Oh yes, yes. That yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me.
0: It's like drinking a tree and I love it. <laughs> uh <laughs> <Drinking> <laughs> a tree it there's a a Belgian bar kind of near me a few towns over um Bromley ding you know where that is yeah um and there's there's a Belgian bar there called Belgo if you're in the area I recommend going there it's fantastic uh and they sell this stuff it is they only sell it in the sort of the free 30 mil bottles so to get a pint of it works out about 13 pounds (laughs) <laughs> um it is 12 percent, and while it is a liquid you can't see through it it's very dark it's like, it's like drinking a tree it's like drinking a tree it's kind of chocolatey <laughs> kind of a bit coffee-ish kind of a little bit licorice oh it's lovely it is 105 pounds for a 24 pack wow <sighs> yeah so i'm trying to find places to sell it in smaller quantities trying to get that cheap I'm working on it I do want some
1: yeah monks uh,
0: I'm not going to fuck off to Bromley every time I want one
1: quite dear dear labouring in yeah. the Belgian monk community for sure so um, so I think is that a wrap should we wrap it up
0: yeah I, I think we. I think after the beginning bit we've been on kind of, we've been a, a pair of Debbie Downers for the rest of it um, <laughs> uh, next week I promise we'll be back to our sort of chip ourselves dean will be talking about pooping games i'll be i won't be drinking to get drunk i'll just be drinking a nice beer um hopefully the world hasn't ended by next week what with trump you know having control of the red button now
1: yeah that's the problem like if you can't trust someone with twitter why (laughs) the hell would you trust them with nuclear launch codes grab her on the pussy his aides took it. Yeah, his aides took him from Twitter. Oh, I love that video from um, someone spliced the Home Alone 2 scene where Kevin McCarthy says like, Excuse me, sir, do you know where the front lobby is? And then it's uh, Donald Trump's like, Yeah, go down there and grab a bite of pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot that uh, Donald Trump was in uh, Home Alone 2 and now he's the president of the United yeah, States of America.
0: Yeah, he looks so young in that. It's unbelievable, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if you want to know where the front lobby is, just down there and go buy the pussy.
0: There's a lot of cool things in Home Alone, uh, like uh, oh, what's his face? The guy, uh, the cheese pizza, what's the... <laughs> 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 Who's that guy? I can't, I can never remember his name. Uh, I can't remember Tim, Tim Robbins, no, um, um. Shit, I can't remember. Anyway, let's 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 wrap it up.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll just say one one last closing word. If there's one good thing to come out of this Trump presidency, it's that political satire will be as fresh again as what it was when George Bush was in power.
0: Um, I was kind <laughs> of under the impression that maybe Hillary was only running so that she could get blowjobs under the podium, just to sort of rub it in Bill's face
1: who's <laughs> the president now bill yeah
0: um, do you uh, do your best bill clinton impression
1: Ah, uh, god I, I would know where to
0: begin <laughs> i did not have sexual relations with that woman <laughs> oh if we go
1: back to reality now
0: yeah um so as dean mentioned <laughs> earlier you can find us at Church. uh you can email us
1: cluck, cluck. at code chicken dot church
0: yeah uh you find me on twitter at carlwoods10
1: and i'm at twitter at dean murphy no at crafty dino
0: at crafty dino that's my, yeah that's my that's my username isn't that sort of a minecraft thing
1: no it's because my old band was called crafty simeon is, oh, okay. Yeah, and then the singer got the Twitter handle Crafty Greg, and I thought, well, I might as well continue to trend a bit Crafty Dino. And then
0: no one else did it.
1: We split up, oh. and now I'm stuck with this twisty username that doesn't really represent my musicianship anymore. But um, oh. I make stuff, so technically I craft stuff, which means yeah, yeah, maybe that'll. You
0: uh, you're spending your musical talents ripping off the home improvement theme tune for our podcast.
1: Yeah, no one's actually mentioned it. That's the home improvement theme tune. Oh! <laughs> but um, yeah. And apart from that, you can find the show at facebook dot com slash codename chicken or Twitter at codename chicken. Yeah. And yeah, it drops an email, drops a tweet, do something. Yeah, we can. So
0: we can see that you're listening. We know you're doing it. Yeah, we see everything. You could admit it. You can come and talk to us if you want. I mean, if you don't want to come and talk to us, I get it. I'm not a confident guy. I wouldn't go up and talk to someone. But then this is the internet. You can sell whatever the fuck you want. And I think that's been evidenced over and over and over again for the last, you know, 10 years. Yeah,
1: you know you've made it on the internet when you start getting abuse.
0: Yeah, so far we've, we've not had many interactions, but we've had some good interactions with people. We
1: have, yeah. And it's been
0: brilliant. Mm. Um, I haven't so, embarrassed myself on Twitter this week.
1: No, you haven't, which has left us a bit short for content.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, once again, next week, I think we made a mistake by starting off with the whole Trump shit. I think we'll be a lot more chipper next week.
1: Yeah, I'm sure the world would be a better place next week.
0: Yeah. So this has been codename Chicken Week Four. I like calling it week instead of episode. I think that's pretty good. Um. Why? Why do we? Why did we decide to call it Codename Chicken, Dean?
1: It was Trump's idea. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck that guy.